so so we're in this room right now, a really beautiful room in your, your beautiful house. You've got this drawing table up front. So you're you're really you're committed to it. You know, you've got like a real like cartoonist drawing table right there. Well, I'm I'm absolutely committed to art. Yeah. But it is hard to work it in with my full time job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well you you have a really interesting resume. Yes, I do. Um I do. You know, you're, 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 there's a bio on your site, and it's it's relatively short, but it, you know, the first first paragraph are you know are basically like the nine or ten different lives you've lived. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was before we were, you know, before we were going to do this. Yeah. I was, I sometimes I try to think how can I, you know, how can I construct a narrative about my life mm. that's sort of short and sweet, and it and it doesn't work that way. But I was. Um, Reading something today about Oliver Sacks, mm-hmm. and you know he's dying, and he just came yeah. out with another book, and I he's think he's five or something. Not quite that old, not quite that old, but he's an amazing yeah. person. But he was also in this blurb I was reading. Um, he's gay, mm. but for almost forty years he wasn't in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And in the book, I think he writes about when. His mother found out that he might like men, mm-hmm. and she was appalled. And mm. basically, you know, she gave him the message: yeah. "This is not, this is not acceptable." And I think that shut down that part of himself mm. for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And this is a roundabout way of saying <laughs> I think, but it all it all fits together. Um, I didn't have an easy childhood, mm-hmm. and I think there were some things. My father died when I was seven, and my siblings left home, and then I grew up with my mother, and my mother was crazy. And um, I think there were some things that she did that shut down hmm. the artistic part of yeah. me. And it was, I knew when I was little I wanted to make art. I knew it. I remember when I was teeny, teeny, teeny. But I think growing up with her things shifted and so that went underground but it kept coming out in kind of circuitous ways you know so it came out when I became a baker and it came out when I worked at the BBC and um, slowly it's been a journey to actually doing it yeah and at the same time of course living life working a job raising a kid you know doing all those things was it were you just abstractly creative? Was it clear, you know, how it how it would manifest itself? No, it was. Um, it was one of those, you know, before you talked about a defining moment. It was one yeah, of those yeah, things. Yeah. I knew inside me that this is who I was. You know, not in an egotistical sense, not in an external sense, not you know, this is going to mean blah blah blah. No, just I knew, and art was the most is so incredibly important to me Mm -hmm. so incredibly valuable so incredibly precious um but it was very hard and i think this goes back to the oliver sacks thing it was very hard for me to give myself permission to do it Mm. to say okay this is so precious and so valuable and i can do it I can I can do it. I can make it. Again, not value, not say, oh, this is great or this is terrific. The world needs none of that. No, no, no. None of, yeah, none of yeah. the ego stuff really. The other stuff is that, and when we were, I suppose this gets back to my feeling about food, that mm. for me, it's something 
that so feels so essential. Yeah. Like eating. Um, and it's just how it is, you know? It's, <laughs> it's interesting. I, I, I just, uh, on Friday, had uh, interviewed somebody for, for the show. And, um, you know, I, I guess his situation was similar. He was, he, he's also gay. Um, he had parents who had an issue with that. I think he had parents who had just an issue with, again, him um, demonstrating any form of creativity. And, and there, there is a certain, there's a sort of a school of belief that, you know, in, in a way that that is sort of a net positive and that, you know, like that the fact that you've spent a lot of your life fighting against this thing, it has somehow made you a better artist. But do do you like and and you know I mean you're 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 a parent and um, you you want to foster your child's creativity anyway possible I'm guessing. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> yes, I wanted to. Although I have to say, and and you know this may be just how life goes. Yeah. I think my son, when he was little, was incredibly creative and yeah. artistic. He has no interest in any of that. He wants to be a doctor. He's a math science kid. Oh, you must he, be so disappointed. No, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not disappointed. No, I'm, I mean, I'm not disappointed. Yeah. I want him to be. But it, it is very true that, you know, he's just, ugh, art? Yeah. Museum? Ugh, no way. It's interesting. That's you know. what, but, but it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, you wonder, but you wonder how much of that is innate, and how much of it is like a little bit of, rebe- of rebellion against that. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, nope. I'm going to find my own place. I know. Yeah, I yeah. Know. but I mean, he wants to be a doctor. Like, <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? I mean, that's what's a better thing than that? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, you know, how, how old is he? He is 19. Okay. Um. So okay, so so let, let, let's back up a second. So you were so uh, out of school. You became a baker. Is that was that your first professional? Well, I left. You know, I kind of left home when I could. I went to college for a little bit and dropped out. Yeah. And then I went around to different places. You know, I was I was pretty messed up. Hmm. And um, how do you mean? Just aimless. No, not aimless. Messed up. Messed up. Um, screwed up and midwestern mm. in that it took me a long time to realize or accept that I could get help mm. i.e. therapy mm-hmm. <laughs> I see. um yeah that took me till i was 30 and a very good friend you know finally convinced me and said you know you can do this and you know there's that kind of midwestern there's nothing wrong with me and i yeah. can figure this out you know and and Every now and then you step back and you say, but I've been walking in a circle yeah. for a really long time. <laughs> where, where are you from originally? Um, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. And you stayed there for a little while after school or did you immediately move out here? I No. What I did was I went to UW-Madison for mm-hmm. a year and then I dropped okay. out and then I lived different places and I, oh, I lived in Haight-Ashbury in a... Oh. Um, you, collect- went, you went for it in a collective house with <laughs> oh my goodness with eleven other people, um, and it was pre Proposition nineteen, and um, I was the only one who worked. Yeah, I, every morning I got up and I went to Fireman's Fund Life Insurance Company, and everybody else got in the van and went to Mount Tamalpais yeah, and yeah. dropped acid. Okay, okay, so you went so you went to to Madison, which is already kind of a, a town full of weirdos in, in, a, in yeah. a wonderful way, but that wasn't. 
you, you felt that you didn't even fit in fit in there you need to find weirder weirdos no it, it wasn't about no it wasn't about fitting in it was really about not accepting myself hmm. um and eventually i ended up leaving wisconsin and coming to new york and that was really positive because i felt in new york it was i don't ask me why where these things come from but i felt in new york it was okay to be screwed up you know yeah. so many people were neurotic you know yeah. it was all right you could say it yeah it's and you say okay but in the midwest there's so much stoicism you know yeah. that no there's nothing just get over it it is know? really interesting you know because there, there's this there's this you know stereotypical midwestern friendliness yeah but it doesn't necessarily translate to openness yeah, and it's self awareness. And it's also, I mean, really, these are, you know, my biases, as I said. I was uh I was a hurt kid and I didn't know how to figure it out. Yeah. Um and I had a lot of barriers and defenses. So, you know, even when people tried to help me, I didn't necessarily let them. I really want to talk about San Francisco. I wanna I want I wanna figure out what <laughs> Because again, like you sort of went into the belly of the beast. It sounds like you were living with you know. Oh, it you, was you were living with merry pranksters more or less. It was it was it was post hate Ashbury, yeah. but yeah. it was the hate. Yeah, and basically a lot of the hate by then had been overrun with heroin addicts. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, I showed up, you know, and, and this would have been like post Reagan, so there was a lot. of... This was when was it? It was probably. Seventy three, seventy four, okay. something like so, that. Yeah, I guess Reagan would have been in, in office. At that yeah, point, yeah, and and I showed up at the people's office, mm-hmm. and I had this big red was backpack. It the people's office. You know, it was it was in those days. You know, they had these things. The people's office. You yeah. show up, and you know, whatever. Like I'm a weird out of towner. Shit. Like yes. How do I fit into this place? Yes. Okay. So I showed up at the people's office, and I had this red backpack yeah. on. And I remember somebody saying, oh, my God, not another one. Yeah. You know, and I'm looking at these listings, you know, for apartment shares. And, um, you know, the person takes me and says, look, you know, these are all heroin addicts. You don't want to go there. These are all heroin addicts. You don't want to go there. These are all heroin. This one call. Go there. Okay. Uh I said, "Okay, (laughs) okay." (laughs) And so I did. What? What brought you out there? What 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 made you go there specifically? Why was that your first stop? It was my sister was living in Palo Alto at okay. the time, so that was a good yeah. connection. And again, I was just I was just you know trying yeah trying anything. But it wasn't, and it, it it seems to me at that point that it would have been pretty clear that if you're doing this, if you're moving to San Francisco, if you're living with these you know acid heads that like. Uh, becoming an artist seems like a pretty clear path, right? I mean, these are artistic or at least want to be artistic people. Doesn't it? No, I know. That's what my whole life, yeah. it was always present, but it was very hard to go there. Um, when in New York, you know, after a couple of years when I finally got established, we moved into the most gorgeous ramp-protected loft. I mean, not fixed up gorgeous, but just yeah. incredible. It was, you know... It, and it's still in my dreams. It's there as a repres- representation of being a painter. It was hmm. stunning. It was um, on Delancey Street where mm-hmm. it hits the Bowery. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, it, the building is not quite aligned. And so it's dead on the bridge, dead yeah. on the Williamsburg it's bridge. Like, it's like a 45 degree yes. angle. Yeah. Yes. And um, it, the light 
And yeah. the views and the sunrise over the bridge were just, it was, you know, it was, it was the fantasy. I still yeah. wasn't there yet, but I was moving in some ways. So you weren't, you weren't really a full-on romantic then in that sense, that you were like, you know, like, it wasn't, again, immediately clear, like, I'm in New York City. I'm where the artists are. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing the loft life. Like, I'm doing the thing that all of these... Were you were you a fan of art at the time? Always, 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 okay. always. No, and I worked at the kitchen. Um, but no, I was never romantic. It was all, at the end of the day, you know. I knew I always had to pay my rent. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and um, and I still hadn't gone into therapy yet. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. It's it's you know. Were, were you were you aware that you were picking up life experiences at that point? Were you aware that you were like kind of. I don't know. Maybe maybe getting some some fodder for creativity, or just like wasn't even on the radar. It was all of that. I think was unconscious. Now I am, yeah. and I'm so thrilled because I realize it's all in there. Yeah, you know, because that was also at a certain point when I started doing art again. You know, then there was always that kind of other feeling oh my god you know i'm gonna be too old and there's gonna be nothing left yeah. and you know i'm gonna be like remember that oh it was durer right there you know the durer hands the drawing of the durer hands I they're don't... praying it's a That's beautiful right. drawing yeah. anyway the story of it is he and his friend decided you know to support each other uh-huh. and durer got the first go round. yeah right and yeah. that was the drawing of his friend's hand but after the first go round, his friend you know, was so arthritic that he couldn't do art anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. that was also my fear in the back of my head. Oh God, you know. But but I really feel I feel it's all in there and it's gonna come out. And especially once once I'm able to stop um teaching full time mm. because mm-hmm. the teaching is it's great. It's exhausting. <laughs> yeah, but I mean this is I mean I guess that's what I was sort of, you know, working toward there is uh, you know, this is a, an instance of um you know your your day job or you know the thing you know yeah i guess your day job being providing the material i mean that's 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 it it seems to me that that's a big part of what really got you back into art right that you were doing this thing that you had this material that you were living this life that you wanted to find a way to express well that was absolutely part of the choice because it was also it's also about integration and for me I wanted to try to keep things as close as possible, you know, so I'm teaching during the day, you know, I've got a kid at night, and what can I integrate in here? And actually, what happened was, um, I started drawing my students at lunchtime, Mm. um, which was great. (laughs) It was so much fun, and the kids loved it, and I could get a likeness, you know, so it was kind of thrilling for them. Um, But also, it was just cool, because... It changed my relationship to them, and they got to see an adult doing something, you know, that was yeah. totally outside. And then I got even crazier, and I actually started because um, my school day end, ends at three thirty, mm-hmm. and I started pulling in kids who had short s- schedules. And from three thirty to five, I would paint them, <laughs> <laughs> and it was it. Was, it was really nuts because, you know, I would teach five classes a day and I would be totally left-brained. Mm. And then I'd take this kid and I'd pull the kid in. And, and the thing is with our students, you can't, they're not, 
you know, professional models. And so yeah. I'd have to talk the whole time. So I'd be, you know, after teaching all these five classes, and I have this kid, and I'd be talking to the kid, and I'd be doing this portrait, and it was, it was exhausting. Yeah. It was great, but it was exhausting. But I did those, and somehow that, I had to go back to school to get some more classes to get another certification mm-hmm. for my teaching for my school. And they offered a class in the graphic novel. Mm. And um, and I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a graphic novel yeah. about my school. I'd never drawn comics. I'd never written a book. Thought, no, this is what I'm going to do. Did you do. have any familiarity with comics at that point? Familiarity, but I'd never drawn them. Yeah. You know? But you had read them. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've yeah. got a Linda Berry book right here. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and that class, actually, I have to say, um, the teacher, Joanna Herman, mm-hmm. was amazing. And, you know, the first class I went up to her and I said, you know, I think I want to make a graphic novel about the graphic yeah. book about the place where I teach and I've never drawn comics and I've never written a book. What do you think? And she said, yeah, go for it. <laughs> and she became my mentor. And Yeah, she's fabulous. Fabulous, fabulous. That Was, was it... Um did it feel like a secret thing at first? I mean, were you ever like a little a little worried that how the students, the faculty, the teachers would just react to the fact they were sitting there just drawing students all day? It was sort of like a weird, it was like a little weird industry you had, you had developed around that. Some, I, I, I would work with trying not to make it, co- I mean, that's why when I was in the lunchroom, you know, everybody, everybody knew and that was good, mm-hmm. you know, and um and and I actually had a show with the drawings and the mm. paintings, and people from work came, so that was good, too. So it was better when it was a public thing. Yeah. Okay. And it would then, have been weird if you were just drawing and keeping these things to yourself. No, no. And and the kids all wanted copies, and then yeah. they'd show the copies around, and, and so all that was good. And then when when I started the book, I tried to be as as public you know, so that my principal knew what was going You know, so that everybody knew what was going yeah. on, and I would show versions to actually many staff members were so generous I would show versions to them also because I wanted to keep it true Mm. you know it wasn't it wasn't my story you know I really wanted to try to capture our students and I wanted to keep it true and so I would people generously would let me check in and they would read it and say yeah this is working or this is you know not working and same thing students were reading it too and giving me feedback as well so, um, I guess I guess we should we should also we should back up a second and just talk about how I mean let, let, let's go through your jobs for a little, you know it's because it, you know it sounds like you had sort of a, a factotum situation there for a little while. Um, how did the baking thing? So you were in insurance in San Francisco. <laughs> when did you, when did you become a baker? Then I moved back to Wisconsin. Okay. And um, I worked at Nature's Organic Whole Grain Collective mm-hmm. Bakery, which yeah. is where I met. The man who became my husband, okay. which was yeah. really wonderful, and this gets back to why food is so important for yeah. me because a real eat, pray, love situation. Well, you know, <laughs> he, he fed me. He yeah. fed me, and and food was not. Um, there wasn't a lot of not. I don't mean we were poor, but there wasn't a lot of food when I was growing up. My mm. mother had some real issues about food, and she wasn't mm. she wasn't big on it. <laughs> <laughs> So as soon as I left home, you know, I started eating. I was yeah. Like, oh my God, this is great. But yeah, so I was at Nature's Bakery. That's where I met my husband. And then I went back to the U and I finished up a degree. And um, 
and then that's when I moved out to New okay. York. So you you were saying that your creativity was manifesting itself as while you were baking. How, how did well, in what ways baking? Well, all this and this stuff is so interesting. And yeah. again, this is it's you know we're in such a cultural shift in yeah. terms of computers and all of that kind of digital information. I think um, anthropologically, humans are really set up to use our hands. Hmm. Um, And Mm -hmm. I think some people, and this is, you know, in the whole range of things, just as some people are more gifted mathematically or some people are more gifted athletes, I think some some people are very hand-oriented. And I see this in my students, too. You know, and... In some ways, our culture is moving further away from this. But, you know, there are people who can fix things with their hands. Mm-hmm. There are people like my husband who um, is a chef and a cook and can do anything. And and for me, the baking was absolutely... And, and of course, drawing and painting is very much about the hand, if, you know, if, sure. you, if you're actually doing yeah. it. And so the baking was absolutely about hands. And, of course, it's also... It's just... It's about texture, it's about form, it's about paying attention to dough and yeast. It's so interesting. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, you know, I guess, I guess, was it was was it manifesting it in in ways that would have been visible to people that were, you know, eating the food that you were creating? Well, I think you always when you're when you're baking, you always try to make things that are good looking. Yeah, you know. And so whether it's croissants or pastries, you try to yeah. make things that are good-looking, that are visually attractive. So, so he was he, he was and is a chef, and you just kind of moved. You moved out of that world? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is in that a, part of moving to New York? Yeah. I, again, in another way where I could not embrace, the, don't, you know, I don't know, where I could not embrace doing art, but I was trying to get close to it and I don't know it's so crazy yeah. right so so I got a master's in um screenwriting from Columbia hmm. wow okay <laughs> I know yeah. and I mean. but <laughs> but it, it's not I don't really like film I'm not very good at it and for what you know I still couldn't go to art and so it was a master's, and it was at Columbia, though. It's, uh, I know you I, were just—you were really trying to figure yourself out to that degree. That it was no, it was a way to get to New York, and okay. somehow I was still in this illusion. It, it, I can, I, I think really the truth is somehow there was still some part of me that thought, I, "Don't ask me why. I don't yeah. even know why." But I thought, "I'm going to do this, and I'm going to be a success, and my mother's going to love me." You know, and, and of course, it's not about her, and it's not about anything. And this fa- this goofy idea of being a success in film—that somehow that's an easy thing to do. Yeah. And, and also, I wasn't interested. You know, it was all yeah. crazy. But anyway, it's all good. Um, so then I left there, worked a bunch of jobs, and then that's when I got hired by the BBC. Okay. And so, I was a staff member there for ten years. So did did you ever make a serious go at screenwriting? Well. I wasn't very good at it. Okay. You're I'm, good enough to get into a Columbia master's program. I mean, I you know, again, I think doing Yo Miss, at, yeah. again, things that I learned came sure. back, which were really beneficial and really helpful. Yeah. Um, and I think 
going forward, those, those things are there and they're accessible, but they're going to come out in different ways. You know, I don't know, screen man, I was... <laughs> I I had a friend from Columbia, Ron Nicewaner, who was successful. Mm-hmm. He um, wrote the film Philadelphia, yeah. and he was nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. And he brought me in on one project. Um, and, you know, I made more money in three months than I'd ever yeah. made in about six years on that one project. And, of course, it didn't go anywhere, but that was probably the pinnacle of my success in screenwriting. Yeah, I mean, that seems like, I mean, that sounds like something that other people would have been encouraging enough to, you know, convince them to continue down that path for at least a little while longer. I, it didn't engage, it, it. You just weren't interested. Yeah, you yeah. know, I wasn't, I, as I said, I don't think I was very good, and I didn't have anything internal driving okay. me. Well, that's the more important thing. I don't think that I'm not very good part is, is necessarily as important, yeah. right? If it's something that you're committed to. And, I, and also, I think probably at some point, you know, I realized it wouldn't change my mother's yeah. opinion of me, whatever happened. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, I th- but I think that I'm like you to some degree where, you know, I, and certainly when I was younger, I, I did a lot of different artistic things and just felt this, again, sort of like vague, abstract sense of creativity. And until I started writing, I don't think it ever quite fully aligned in a way that I was satisfied with. Because, yeah, I mean, I, this, is, this, is not a, this is probably not a good trait, but I'm, um, I think we might also be similar to that. You know, if I felt that I just wasn't really good at something and I felt that I had gotten to the point where I wasn't really going to get any better at it, then I would just move on to the next thing. Then I would just, and I would try something else out. So that's so. I mean, that is, you, you just you realize that you just weren't going to get any better than you were. But it's also, and I can say this in terms of the art. In ter- it's not that I don't care whether I'm good or not, mm. but it, you know, I'm constrained by time. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I feel like I will go as far as I can. Yeah, you know, and if I get good, great. But if I don't get good, I will keep mm. going. Yeah. And I didn't feel that way about screenwriting. I feel that way about art. I absolutely do. I feel, yeah, you know, maybe I'm not good. That's okay. And it's just so interesting. Yeah. It is so interesting. How, what was the, the how much time elapsed between your taking this graphic novel class and your releasing your first mini comic? I, I'm try, I was trying to figure out the sequences. Yeah. I think trying to remember um maybe three three to four three maybe three years okay because what happened in there is at a certain point i started getting you know it was again it was you know i'd come home from work and Mm. that i'd try to do it in the evenings and i had a couple months in summer um but at a certain point i realized that if i continued the way i was going it would take me another three years to finish it and Mm. i thought oh god that seems too long to fit, were, were you you were just working on a full length graphic novel? I always felt that's what it was going to okay. be, and of course, I had to I had to learn how to draw the comics. Yeah. I had to learn how to handle the pages. I had to learn how to structure a book. It you had was, to learn everything about me. I had to learn comic. everything. It was so interesting. Yeah. It was just so interesting. Um, but a lot of it also I couldn't learn simultaneously because I was in these little teeny slots. So often I had to layer things in or go back. But what happened? is my mother died. Um, and she was, you know, she was 96. Mm. She lived a good life. Mm. Um, and 
she had left me a little bit of money. And as I said before, our relationship was quite difficult. And we talked as a family, and I took the money and gave myself a semester sabbatical. Mm. I said, okay, I'm going to give myself... And it was spring, actually, so then I had summer, so it was actually seven months, and I'm going to finish the book. Hmm. And this is my mother's gift to me, and it felt really good. And so that's what I did. It it, it is interesting, you know, that you were, you felt in a way that you're doing all this to sort of impress her, and ultimately she's, I guess, what facilitated the book actually coming out. Yeah, no, and and as you know, you know these things these things are complex yeah. and 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 they you know they are who we are. So at what point, or did you ever? I mean, it sounds like you 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 made peace with the fact that she just you weren't going to be able to appease her in that way, create create you know creatively that you weren't necessarily going to create a work of art that was going to transform your relationship with her. Well, because what, what I think, you know, and this is why therapy is great, is what, what I was able to realize, at least to some extent, that her issues were about her yeah. and my issues were about me. Mm-hmm. And what I wanted from her wasn't something she was capable of giving. Yeah. And it also, at this stage of my life, I didn't need it from her. Mm-hmm. I felt like I did, but I didn't. And so, you know, that's part of... Part of growing up. This is this is always one of the the big questions about about creating art. Though is you know how much of it are you doing because you have to. You know how much are you doing it because you have to create something, and how much of it are you doing because like not necessarily you want to please people, but you know this is you know, this isn't something that you're working on here and just like you know putting on your wall or sticking in a shelf. This is something that you're you know putting out into the world for people to enjoy right for people to appreciate so it is is that is that you know if if you moved on from trying to please her specifically but in a sense you're still trying to i don't know maybe impress other people with your art right no it's a real it's a really interesting question and i think it's i think about it because um you know, as you know, I contacted you about Yo Miss. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not that I want it to die and not be seen by people, but I think on the other hand, in terms of where I want to go or what I want to do, in you know, God willing, whatever time I have left on this earth, I also feel that it's clear I know why I'm doing this, hmm. and and I don't I don't need you know I've got my day job I don't need to do it to yeah. make money. And ultimately, I also don't need to do it to get fame or a reputation. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And so I want to do it as well as I can. And that involves interacting with the world. Because I think that's a really interesting part of the process. Um, But at the same time, and also, of course, you know, I have to say, you know, when I started getting reviews about Yo Miss and they were really nice, I was thrilled, (laughs) you know, what can I say? It's not that I want to make something and put it out there and have people say, oh, God, this sucks. I really don't want to waste people's time. Um, But I think ultimately I do feel that whatever I do, it has to it has to please me Hmm. and and then take it from there you know so you 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 mentioned earlier that you know it, it 
although I guess in a sense you're kind of the titular character, um, that it's not really about you as much as, as it is about the students. That's that was my goal. Yeah. I realized again because uh, so much of this stuff is like, what can I do when I'm home in the evenings? Mm-hmm. You know, and oh, I've got all this. There's. You know, it wasn't that I could step back and get a great distance and, you know, construct all kinds of things. I really, I was in it, I was close, and I, you know, I chose to make something that I could make, given my position. And And I realized I had to put myself in a character, again, if, you know, with more time and space, maybe I would have made it more journalistic. I would have done interviews, whatever, whatever, but that wasn't an option. Hmm. Um, and so I realized I had to put myself in as a character, mm. and that was interesting. Which I think, who am you know what yeah. am what am I going to put myself in? I did not. I really did not want to make myself into either a martyr or a savior um, because I don't feel like I am any of those. And that's things. certainly like the, you know that that that's that would be an easy thing to do given you know how many. Um, Especially like movies, how many like stand and delivers there have been over the years about just these stories of like these outsiders coming into you know and these these sort of like you know and and battled high schools and changing kids' lives. Yeah, and and I really I wanted to try to, I suppose for me the artistic challenge was to try to keep it as close to my experience mm-hmm. as I could, and and in doing that also of course there was a lot more analysis of my experience. Yeah. You know, and 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 I think it, that's a real interesting position mm. since since it's something I do five days a week. You know, uh, ten months a year, and I've done it for seventeen years now. And so, so it's it's I feel it's a valid perspective, and I think in some ways I was reacting a little bit to some of the reform movement stuff that was out there about education. You mm. know, I mean, there was that whole. Teachers are the reason students are failing. And then yeah. there was also a big thing about older teachers, too. It's like hmm. nobody should teach for more than five years after that. The data shows they get terrible. And you yeah. just think, what? You know, what's wrong with you people? I'm sorry. Um, and so, but back to the kids. I really wanted to capture our kids because in the reform, even in the reform movement, there weren't there weren't descriptions of kids like the ones I knew, kids who mm. needed a second chance, you know, and, and... What does that mean? Because that, that, that's sort of the mission statement of the school, and every, every you know, everything that um, is kind of written about you and, and, and the school, what's the, what is it, the uh, wild, Wildcat? Wildcat. Yeah. Which is such a strange name. Uh, but what, what, is, what, is, what does second chance mean? Well, and actually, the name fits with it. Wildcat mm. is... Um, based on the wildcatters who went out west and found oil, huh. and you know, so that's kind of the metaphor for what sure. what we're trying to do with our students. But the Second Chance School, we started originally. We were in Department of Education in the Division of Alternative Schools, and and it was literally a second chance. In other words, our students have to attend at least one other high school or maybe more prior to coming to okay. our school, and often. They have to, have, in a sense, like actually been kicked out of that high school. Or? Not necessarily. As I said, it, you know, as I yeah. say in the book, it's a combination of dropped out, kicked out, flunked out, um, or just didn't fit in. Yeah, and and we also, you know, as 
education changes we've we've our population has shifted um you know we get some kids who are mandated by the criminal justice system mm. um we get a number of kids and this i don't i I don't know if it's going on as much now, but when No Child Left Behind was really going strong, we got a lot of kids who were shoved out of their schools because schools had to make an 80% four-year graduation rate. And so the kids who were not going to graduate in four years, they were getting shoved on us. They were just trying to run up their quotas. Yes, exactly. And... um, and we have a high percentage of special ed kids because, again, those are those are kids that other schools want to push out because they're harder to deal with. You know, um, we have English language learners. We get so it's a combination. We get kids who have left their schools, kids who've been kicked out of their schools, and we get kids who other schools don't want. So how did you how did you end up there? And how, how after all these after trying out all these things, and you've got this. You know, this you want to make art that's just somewhere in the back of your head, and you're out here in New York. And how did that become your path? Um, I was at the BBC, mm-hmm. and the BBC was a great job. Sure. And and it allowed me to go on therapy because I um, had health insurance, and it was really interesting too. It was, and it and it did a lot for me. And again, that's that's all in here too. But it was very stimulating. I traveled a lot, um, worked on a lot of different programs. And what happened is in my mid-30s, I started taking art classes at night. Mm -hmm. And back to this idea of covert, it was really almost covert. You know, I didn't tell anybody, you know, certainly didn't tell people at work. But I would go at night and take adult ed classes in um, life drawing, for example. And it was incredible. It was so much joy. So I was taking these classes and, and... I'm getting more whole in therapy and I'm getting to a point where I'm starting to think, you know, maybe I can even become a parent Um, because I always loved kids. That was never an issue. Always loved kids. But for most of my 30s, I still felt I had too much... um, Philip Larkin, do you know who he is? He's I know a poet. The name. Anyway, he's yeah. got a he's got a poem that goes, "They fuck you up, your mom and dad. Sure. They may not mean to, but they do. They fill you with the yeah. faults they had and add some extra just for you." And it's about how, and I I teach this with my students. It's a lot of fun. Um, but it's about how abuse goes from one generation sure. to the next. And for a lot of my thirties, I felt you were afraid that you would yes. Yeah. Um, and then one morning, I woke up. It was really like that. I woke up and I said, no, nah, it's going to be okay. Mm. And then, you know, I realized, oh, I want to, you know, become a mom. And I also thought, nah, you know, I'm too old. I'm not, if I'm a mother, I'm wait, gonna, you, you woke your husband up and said, yeah, I'm do, ready. Let's, I'm, let's do let's this. Out <laughs> no, but it was, I knew that if I became a mother, I wanted to be there. You yeah. know, by, at that point in time, I was traveling a lot for work. I was out of time. I said, nah, this is not going to work. I can't. You know, I can't have waited so long to have a child and not be there. You know, yeah. I just can't yeah. miss it. Yeah. And so I <laughs> started trying to figure all this out. Um, and eventually what happened is I, you know, went to school at night and then I got pregnant. And I ended up, you know, at, 
don't know, 40 or something, basically, you know, a new mother and a new teacher, and whoa, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> and um, in terms of this school, I, I again, one of those things I just knew, like the art, I knew if I was going to become a teacher, this was the kind of school I wanted to work with. This was the kind of population. Needless to say, the population bears no resemblance to the people I worked with at the BBC. Yeah. None whatsoever. You know, that was real Oxbridge upper class. But um, I, have to, I have to ask, and, and definitely correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, is, is this, a, this seems like a place where... Um, you know that it, the fact that it's a second chance school that you know maybe it's a place that a lot of teachers don't want to teach at because of that because it's such a you know the the, the students have a, a past they have a track record like you know that it's going to be a difficult job in some ways although um, I have to say our school the staff is incredibly stable I think mm. the average teaching tenure there is something like twelve years mm. or something like that and so it's 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 a very wonderful place, and it really functions in many ways like a family. And it's um, it's becoming a way for me like a second family. But in terms of this, I think I wanted to work with this population because I felt a number of things. I felt uh, I felt people had helped me, mm-hmm. and I felt I could give back. Mm. That I could help them. And I felt that I'd survived what you know what I'd gone through in my childhood. Did you you felt a kinship with the students? Oh God, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And this is where people you weren't, but you weren't you weren't a troubled student. No, no, I wasn't. Yeah. No, I was emotionally troubled. I okay. was internally troubled. But but I'd experienced, and I think one thing that I feel in common with a lot of our students is I feel. And this probably gets back to the art, too. I feel like um, I wasn't perceived for who I was. Mm. And I think our students, many of them, are stereotyped. And they're not perceived for either who they are or who they could become. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's something that, um, as we know, can hamper us. You know, if we don't feel people perceive us or perceive who we can become... You know, you have to have a good self-concept to push yeah. through that. This is, I guess this is actually the same question as, as the art question that I, that, that I asked earlier. You know, um, how much of it, again, how much of it is this sort of like self, selfless, altruistic desire to help people? And how much of it is just, this is really cool that, you know, these, these pe- I've helped them become whole people and they're going out into the world and... Um, you know, that, I guess that's sort of like that, that good feeling that you get when you realize that you've actually, like, shaped people. It's, no, first of all, not shaping people. Okay. It's not, not altruism. Um, it's really interesting. I find it an incredibly interesting place to work. It's challenging. As I said, it's tiring. But it's, it's stimulating to yeah. engage with people. And okay. it's not, we, we all know, nobody can change anybody. But there are a million ways to engage with people. And you've chosen one of the more difficult ones. It's profound. That's, it's a profound way to engage with people. Mm-hmm. And it's, but as I said, nobody can change anybody. You know, the yeah. only person we can change is ourselves. And I know that with my students every day. However, again, like the people who help me, if I can be whatever in their life, yeah. great. 
You know, if I can impact them, connect them, help them perceive themselves, beautiful. Isn't that what it's supposed to be, to but be a human? Is, but this is something that you could you could just get as a high school teacher anywhere, right? Without that added potential pushback from the students. Yeah, but also, and I suppose this gets back to... Uh, Not that all high school students aren't kind of shitty on some yeah, level. Yeah, but... <laughs> But it's it's it also I think this gets back to you know to to my childhood is it's I I think I'm you know I hope hope I can see I don't even know <laughs> it's I was never interested in a regular high school population okay. I don't know yeah yeah. Um. Does does the the nature of high school and and the fact that it you know that they are second chance students does that make just the act of trying to teach them trying to engage them trying to keep their attention is that is that an, again like on any high school, in any high school class you're going to have that to some degree you've got you know kids waking up at ungodly hours and hormones and all these other things, but is that an added level of, of difficulty? It's an added level of, but it, it, it's different. For example, my son um, went to public high school mm-hmm. in New York City. He had a very different high school experience, yeah. and his, his high school experience was very much about the academics. And at our school, it's absolutely, of course, about the academics, but the issues or the challenges that we have to deal with as teachers are fit with all those other dimensions in terms of, you know, either the kids who are not on grade level or the kids who do have attention issues. And so I find those challenges interesting, you know. Um, and I think if I would have taught at a school like the one where my son was at, um, I don't know that I would have been a very good teacher, and I don't know that I would have found the challenges interesting. Um, I, I almost, I almost hate to ask this question. I feel like it's, it's a bit of a, a, a cheesy one, but you know, I think the answer is interesting. Um, as somebody who, you know, was trying so long to figure out exactly what you wanted to do, you've, it sounds like you've kind of settled into this as, as your career. Um, what do you? Are you are you a teacher first, an artist second? Is there is one of those a more defining role for you? I think I think I think I'm still becoming the artist, Mm. you know. And I think, like I said earlier, once I don't have to work full time, you know, that will assume more space, and I don't know where it's going to go, but (laughs) but I'm excited about it. and a t- a, I am, a, you know, I am a teacher, and I get my salary. Um, but I don't even know if I see that I'm a teacher as part of my identity. I mm. see my, I see the relationship I have with my students and with our graduates as part of my identity. Hmm. But I don't even know if I see a teacher as part of my identity. I know it's like you know it's it's, it's one of those it's one of those things. But you know it's I've noticed that when you meet somebody for the first time and you have a conversation with them, I mean what 
what's the first question that comes up? Right. What do you, yeah. what do you do? Mm-hmm. You know, cause these are, again, you know, if this is something that you're spending, if, if you're spending more time at school, summer aside, um, you know, than you are with like mm-hmm. your family, then that, that's what defines you in, in a way. Right? Mm-hmm. Sure. And I, and I think, you know, again, it absolutely is. It's absolutely there. Yeah. Um, but I also, I don't know. I don't know. So, so um, you know, you're, 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 you're looking ahead to a time when you can be a full-time artist, whatever that means. Is, um, and, you know, and, and you, you've got the book. Is, is this, is, is that specific storyline, is that something that you're going to keep working on? Are this, you know, the students as subject matter, is that, that's over? No, I think, um, again, it's right now, you know, it's whatever can fit in the time I have. Yeah. And I've got, I've got two books that are in process. Oh, wow. One is a kind of, what do I call it, a visual meditation. Um, it's, it's sort of a memoir, but it's not really. It's after my mother died, um, a bunch of drawings almost literally spilled out of me. I think it was my way of grieving. Um, and they were pretty interesting. Um, and I kept looking at them and I kept thinking, you know, I'd like to do something with this. Cause I think, you know, I think there's, I think there's things you can learn, you know? So that's a work in progress. Who knows if it'll ever get published yeah. or anything, but that's one. And then I'm also, um, there's also an idea for a children's book again. It, you know, is something I had because of my son and that, I hope I'll get the dummy done by the end of the summer. I'm not sure. And then there's a third yeah. book that, you know, I I want to do that'll help me transition and then maybe by the time I'm through those maybe I can work less. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's interesting too that you mentioned you mentioned meditation because I was thinking about this before um as you were discussing the the drawings that you were you were doing and um you know, I've, I've med- meditation is something that I've been thinking a lot. And, you know, the whole like sort of like trying to be in the moment. Um, you know, it's, it's something that, that I've been thinking about as I'm doing these interviews mm-hmm. um, where um, I have the tendency, even more so in real life. But I think we all do this to some degree. But, you know, if, um, not being as good listening to people because I'm waiting. I would ask my question. Because you you're thinking ahead. Of course. Yeah. 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 Um, and it sounds like to some degree... And I know, and you know, I know, I know the whole thing about sort of, uh, you know, as, as somebody's been writing and, and talking about comics for a long time, the whole thing about, um, you know, auto bio, bio is, is catharsis is really overplayed. But um, I, I don't think people ta- discuss it as much in, in terms of meditation, as much in terms of, um, you know, this is a way of looking at yourself and, and examining yourself and, and, and where you are. And, and acceptance. And acceptance? How do you mean? Well, I mean, the back, back to what you said about meditation. Yeah. Isn't, isn't meditation acceptance? Acceptance mm. of the moment. Okay. This is it. Yeah. Right? And then this next breath. Interesting. This okay. is it. You so know? maybe, I mean, maybe, you know, does, does that, do you like that too? Again, like this idea, it's just sort of this, sort of this whole thing about being an artist, especially if you haven't, um, achieved what you want to achieve as an artist if it's something that's sort of like off in the distance and something you're working toward that makes it harder to 
accept the moment and live in the moment. If you know what I mean, I mean if 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 you're if you're looking at this this position as sort of a stepping stone to something else, it's hard to be in the moment. Yeah. No. See, I don't. I don't think I see it. I think mm. I have visions for the future, yeah. but I think. Um, I think it's not where I, I, you know, I think it's about this is where I am. And okay. as I said, God willing, I'll get somewhere else, but yeah. we'll see, you yeah. know, we'll see. Okay. So you're not, but you are, you know, you are like thinking about the next, the next three things and you are, you are thinking about what's after your teaching career. Absolutely. Well, that is unfortunate. Uh, yeah. That, but that's part and parcel of my life, mm-hmm. you know, because Every day I have to get up and I have to, t- and it's not, it's not like my day job is, you know, I can make phone calls and do other stuff. No, it's really demanding yeah. and I take it home at night and I've got a big stack of grading in the other room that I have to get done before tomorrow. And so the art, I have to be very organized, you know, because I have to be able to drop into it. Okay, I've got two hours let me drop into you know what I mean yeah. it's just it's a way it's a way I've evolved of working given the constrictions of my life and of my time um, I think it'll be tremendously interesting what will happen when I don't have to operate yeah. within those constrictions that's fair yeah I, I just I just um, I just came out of a period where uh, I was freelancing for a, about a year for the first time and really my adult life, you know, after like 10 years of an office job, I just got back into a regular job and I found that I wasn't able to be nearly as productive as I would like to be, um, not having any sorts of constraints like that. Mm. And I just, uh, I'm not trying to freak you out. You know, you you might, a a lot of people are able to do this. And I had this conversation with a lot of people early on when I started freelancing and they would say to me, um, I'm so excited for you. This is such a cool thing. And like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still envious of people who, um, are able to go to see a movie in the middle of the day and not feel guilty about it. Yeah, I can't yeah, do that. Yeah, and I just operate so much better if you know if if I have to wake up at a certain time and get on the train and go to work. Yeah, so I do need that structure. Yeah, but it seems like you're excited to not have that structure. Well, I'm I'm totally able to provide my own structure. Okay. I told you the seven months that I took off yeah. when I finished Joe Miss, I had no trouble structuring yeah. myself, structuring my time. Um, you know, so I don't, that's not going to okay. be an issue, but it's really, it's more, um, to be able to take the space to go places, you know what I mean? Cause yeah. now it's things often have to be completed or I have mm-hmm. to figure something out because if you leave it and then I can't get back to it for another week, I've forgotten. And all of that has such a, you know, issue, but when there's space, I can, you know, something can come up and I can say, wow, mm. let me go there. I don't know what's going to happen, you know, but I want to go there. Yeah. But if you don't have the space, you like, I can't really go there because I've got to, you know. Um, and so that's what I'm looking for. You're almost excited to. to operate outside of your comfort zone in a way. You know, oh, God, like yes. These drawings that, that you oh. know, spilled out of you after your mother passed are a good example of something just that's just totally unrelated to what you've been doing oh yeah no absolutely out of my comfort zone absolutely and fail and fail and fail again you know yeah but are you 
are you chasing, you know, just making like one great thing? Is that, you know, it's, it, you know, and, and that this gets back to the, the idea of just like constantly working towards something and, and having it off in the distance. But, you know, I find that like artists, whether or not they're willing to admit it, like they're just hoping to make that just one really sort of profound work of art. No, I don't think that's it because it's really it's more it's more exploring myself mm. as an artist and what am I able to express. Yeah. And I don't know that, you know, mm. and and Yo Miss was an exploration. These other two books are an exploration. Um and you know, and when when I can start working on canvas, that'll be another type of exploration and yeah. and I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you you know, you were, the you know certainly especially early on the drawings were were rough in the book, and that wasn't you know it took you a few years to to go from again the class to actually have a book coming out, but it didn't seem like it seemed like part of it was just that you you just wanted to get it out into the world that you wanted to create and have it out there. You didn't want to just sit around and work on becoming you know you know it's like Linda Berry or something you know uh, uh, before before you put that first thing out I'd love to be Linda Berry well but <laughs> um, but you know what I mean oh yeah no exactly I you know if again in a different life if I would have had time there are so many things I would have liked to have redone in the book yeah but the way the way it felt was now nah, I'd rather get it out in the world and and let that be but yes, in terms of in terms of drawings and things, yes, there's so many things I would redo. But yeah, hey, <laughs> sounds like you're still treating it as therapy, huh? It sounds like you're still treating art as therapy. I don't know. I don't. I don't know that it's therapy. Um, you're 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 at least you're using it as a way to sort of you know get in touch with these certain parts. I mean, uh, the. The thing with your mother seems like it's a you know perfect example of that. Yes, that's really yeah. getting in touch with something. Yes, yeah. Although also, I think, I think for many people, you know, art is rooted in who you are. Yeah. You know, I think that's a, I think that's a very good source for art. Um, and and I think I will probably again move from that source or move in slightly different ways, but. I don't have the space for it right now. Yeah, you know, because yeah, I'm, it's it's interesting because you know, it, art is such a broad thing, and you're using it in such a broad way because all the things you're working on are very different. Yeah, I know. <laughs> how how do you? I mean, do you, do you feel like you figured out who you are as an artist at this point? Somebody asked me that question the other day. I I. I guess at this stage, I don't feel that it's relevant. You know, mm. I feel internally connected, and I feel, you know, that I'm continuing to build my skill, yeah. you know, in terms of my eye and my hand, and continuing to explore and understand different medium. Mm-hmm. And I think that it will, you know, it will be, it will be, but I'm... I'm on I'm you know I'm on the road and hmm. and again you know if if I had a different life you know I would be doing yeah I would be doing art 8 or 10 hours a day and then the integration happens much more rapidly yeah <laughs> but even if you look at you know you look at 
Vincent van Gogh in his early work. Sure. You know, he was all over the place. I yeah. think it, t- and different people, it works in different ways, but I think to integrate, for one style to come out, it takes it takes a while because because it's that combination of allowing yourself up, but also building skills, mm-hmm. you know. And so, and so for me, in all these projects, also it's a way of of building skills and knowledge, not just the not just the hand skills, but also you know the um, the conceptual skills spatial and the spatial, and, yeah. exactly graphic, all yeah. of that. You know, yeah. You will use this term on the road, and and on the road seems to imply that there is some destination. Well, because it's it's. I suppose it's like life. You know, we're on the road, yeah. and then then it then we're not. Okay. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but but you'll always be on the road. <laughs> I don't know. There you go. That was Lisa Wildy. I'm like 95% sure that's how her last name is pronounced, but now that I'm actually sitting down and saying it into the microphone, I'm, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Um, maybe I should ask, always, it's always a super awkward question to ask somebody. It's, it's quite possibly the, the worst ever icebreaker is, is how, do you, how do you pronounce your, your last name? Is it Wild? Is it Wildy? Um, I feel like I heard, I heard Wildy at some point, so I'm just going to stick with that. Thank you so much to her for taking the time to do that. Uh, this was, you know, and I mentioned this uh, a few episodes back when we had Anne Halliday on. Um, this is another one for whatever reason, you know, in spite of the fact that we both live in the same city, just could not get the thing to work. Um, you know, she's got a family, she's got a job, she's out in, she's out in Brooklyn, I'm in Queens, which... They don't. They don't sound that far apart, but it's 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 hard to coordinate these things. I knew that I was starting a new gig, so I really want to get as many interviews out of the way as possible. So I'm glad we finally had the uh, the opportunity to to do that. Uh, she had actually contacted me a few years ago. I was doing a semi reoccurring uh, zine review for for Boing Boing, and she she um, she mentioned her comic. I wasn't I wasn't familiar with it at the time. It was still a mini comic. She sent it to me. Really, really fantastic. Uh, lots of lots of great insight into, into what she does and just sort of uh, t- teaching teaching second t- chance uh, second chance youths um, really really fascinating stuff uh, and I thought a really terrific interview as well um, you know didn't didn't really didn't really anticipate what direction I was going to go in but really really enjoyed it thank you so much to her for taking the time to do that um, she's got her mini comic you can also just buy uh, what, what I believe is um, the complete series or you know an, an anthology over on uh, microcosm it's called Yo Miss so certainly check that out thanks so much to, to Lisa for taking the time to do that uh, thanks to Brian as always for editing the show together uh, thanks to everybody at the Boing Boing Podcast Network if you like the show there are many other fine shows you can check those out over at iTunes and while you're over at iTunes you should take the uh, take the opportunity to, to rate the show if you liked what you heard uh, you can send us feedback it's rwildcast at gmail.com we've got a Tumblr that's rwildcast.tumblr.com uh, Facebook like us over on Facebook so many wonderful ways to, to get in touch with us and, and share the love uh, lots of good episodes coming up I'm going to uh, to San Diego Comic Con in God, about like three days so hopefully I'll be bringing back a, a few extracurricular interviews there as well uh, but uh, lots of good shows lined up so stick around we will be back just about this time next week with another episode of RIYL